hello, and welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. I set Lauren up to giggle a little bit. She's, she's holding it back. My name is Dustin Morbido. Allergy season is upon us. <laughs> and joining me today to talk about things that are not pollen, Lorraine Morbido is here. It's true. Never had a had a pollen susceptibility. Like a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I could tell that like, I was like, eh, plants are coming back to life. I just feel on average like 10% more congested than usual. It's annoying, but fine. But you're always like 10% congested. Well, now I'm 20% congested. Shit. <laughs> I said 10% more. I know. I'm just saying. I, don't, I feel like you're never at zero. Eh, probably not. <laughs> it's too full of mucus. Why you got so many mucus in you? <laughs> How are you doing? How's it going? I'm present. Present and accounted for? Allegedly. It's been a couple weeks since the last time we did this. Two, to be exact. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, we can still start with updates on our stuff, although I don't know if I'll get super into detail on anything, but I am going to still try to get a build up mm-hmm. in the next couple weeks. Like, if not the GDEX build, then very a, the one that's very close to it, right? That at least has a bunch of our like third world, our Tower 3 levels in it. Not the third world. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I say worlds, people who just play video games in general know what I'm talking about. If I say towers, that doesn't mean anything necessarily outside of Super Cucumber specifically. But mm. yeah, if you want to give that a shot... Uh, we'll have another build of Super Cucumber up at on our Discord, which you can find a link to at cubicorngames.com. Your homegirl's got all the art that is needed done. Did a handful of things. Yeah, and pull you know, some like of those assets s- into the game still. Slightly impromptu marathon. I wasn't like rushing or anything. I just did a lot of work yesterday. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we are, uh, for that build for GDEX, we are art complete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have done all the assets we intended to get into that version. So. Everything, what needed to be redrawn has been redrawn yeah, and, and updated and looking fine. You never did tell me what you thought of the the possum's new versus screen. Oh, the dab. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I keep thinking about it. <laughs> It's something. I have to see it at game first <laughs> to know what to know how I really feel about it. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing all that stuff. That's been going good. I have a lot of art, exciting art stuff on the horizon for the like slightly longer term. So many things. I don't know if I'd call that exciting. I mean, I Is think it's exciting. exciting. Okay. I, I'm just looking forward to getting that other, uh, eventually standing up that third boss fight. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> are you saying you're not? I mean, it's... Oh. <laughs> It's the whole reason that I redid all this art. It is going to be a lot of work. I mean, all all the subsequent bosses, the ones we haven't done yet, basically the last four or whatever, but excited for all that stuff. I'm excited to get stuff coming together in that game, for sure. sure. I, I've been doing much more, almost exclusively back-end stuff, I think, over the last couple of weeks since we talked, because yeah. I had changed up the some of the enemy types to be more conducive to uh, like drag-and-drop. Mm-hmm. Plop into the environment to get levels built, and as of this recording, right this second, like 10 minutes ago, basically, I was messing with uh, extending some of the editor functionality, uh, like some of the home world stuff we have built out in Unity to make designing levels in the game easier. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I had shuffled a bunch of code around and like kind of crossed my fingers. <laughs> and it seems like everything's still working, because I wanted to like genericize that a little bit and pull. I basically had like three or four different objects right now that kind of use... The same, <laughs> and by the same, I mean like 90% mm. uh, identical, like kind of copied code to do very similar things, like assigning references to each other by clicking buttons in the UI. And so I had like yanked a bunch of that stuff out by its roots and kind of like started the process of putting it under one like inherited class mm-hmm. tree that I can just kind of bolt onto everything. And it seems like it's mostly working so far. But all that is in the effort of 
making level design easier because mm -hmm. again that's going to be a huge part i think of our ongoing development process in that game is i mean once the building like, and tweaking yeah. levels once the nitty gritty of anything like a new mechanic to specific enemies like that stuff is just like kind of like you said inheriting from different classes and adding stuff as new stuff as need be but the vast majority of everything is going to be making that stuff go together and flow and play okay <laughs> that's so, level design baby yeah so that's where we're at with that but lots of work getting done lots of work <laughs> still needs to be done but like mm. i said within the next couple of weeks we'll be at uh gdex is it the 21st like, through the 25th is that right i would say it's like a month out basically it's basically a month exactly. away. i think this would be like the second day yes it? from june uh the 22nd 22nd is the actual the show day from from June 22nd through the 25th, we will be showing our video games at GDEX in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be in Ohio that weekend, come check us out. Should be a lot of fun. And like I said, if you're not in Ohio, uh, sometime before that show, we'll have a build up on our Discord. The build. We'll have uh, the, yeah, right. <laughs> so the build will be showing there. You can check it out wherever you are. Yeah. Again, you can find that link at cubicorngames.com, right on the top, kind of little header social media area there. But with all that said, I think that's about it on what we've been up to. Yeah, nothing else really to write about. It's like currently <laughs> talk about like code changes so much with it be mm -hmm. still being any of any interest at all. But another interesting video game thing happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Zelda that. came out. Yeah, was it out when we recorded, or I think it, was it I out think that it was week? The, that Friday? Right, yeah, a couple of days later. Yeah, okay. yeah, but it is out now. Correct. <laughs> and so you've played it on and off here for the yeah, last like week and a half hours. or so. I've watched you play a little of it. Definitely mm -hmm. not as much as you've played. Yeah. But like, what is your overall vibe check? How are you feeling? How do you feel about Zelda right now? I mean, Breath of the Wild too. Like <laughs> that is what they build it as, from what I had heard. I mean, this is probably from just like an uh, interview that got kind of passed around. Like the only reason they made a second game like this is because they had so many ideas for the first one and didn't want to make it all DLC. So they wanted to just build a new thing. Feels like that. I still like I was chatting about that this with uh, Mike last night. I think I still maybe prefer the core abilities from Breath of the Wild as opposed to the ones in Tears of the Kingdom. Like the bombs were great. I really enjoyed the like. I think you had like a grabby kind of thing too i feel like you could move stuff yeah, around you could definitely like there you was couldn't, a manipulate there wasn't like, there wasn't like the attached yeah you thing, couldn't glue stuff think. together but there was some form of like and i'm guessing the quantity of objects you could interact with was smaller but Probably. there were definitely some yeah, objects you could, that you could straight up like you could move, move stuff and then there was the um the ice and freezing something and applying momentum to it and just <laughs> shooting it into oblivion i feel like those i don't know they were such simpler tools and i think those are I really liked them. Whereas now the it's what you make with those abilities as opposed to those abilities being the main thing you do. It's like, cause you've got the move and attach thing. You've got a, um, like a rewind function basically where you can like even stuff you have manipulated in the environment, you can send backwards in time and do stuff with it. There's uh and the ascend, which I always forget I have to like go up through, floors or through ceilings into floors above you under certain criteria you can't do it on everything and then there's the like fusing stuff to your weapons only um melee weapons and shields uh you can't do it to bows you can attach literally everything to arrows though to I was gonna say some amount could, of effect yeah. and it's i think they did if i remember correctly you had to like make other types of arrows in breath of the wild so having that toolkit to just kind of put whatever on whatever is pretty nice and they give you so many arrows like they're constantly given that um which is great 
because I use my bows a lot. I think I have some specific questions about like arrows and arrow crafting specifically. We'll get back to that in a minute. But I, a thing I want to ask you separate from that is how do you feel about at this point being like I don't know what how long you say you've played that maybe like fifteen hours. I'd yeah probably roughly that. Okay. I would assume. How do you feel about the crafting stuff? Because again, we had I know we last show we had pontificated a lot about that theorizing mm-hmm. without having played it yet. So now that you've put some hands on it for a little bit, like how does it strike you? I mean, it's fine. A lot of I feel like it's best used in the shrine still, just because like it's a discreet, very surreal, disconnected space. You can kind of do whatever. One of the ones I was just in, I think I don't remember what the name of they they've got such like bizarre names, but I think it was like forward momentum was like the tagline for it or whatever. I'm over in like the I had to think for a second, the eastern side <laughs> of the map, um, making my way towards Elden and like Death Mountain and stuff like that, but I'm not quite there yet. Because little shrines are still the same exact form. Like, yeah, kind it's of basically of. It's a, the same It's a very thing. structured piece of gameplay mm-hmm. that clearly wants you to do one or more specific tasks or mechanics well, or whatever. So get what I'm you. what I'm getting into with this shrine specifically is like it introduced these like really big, almost like monster trucky like wheels that you can attach to things, and they've got momentum in a direction. They're bigger than the like the ones that I've had so far. Do you think they like quote unquote spin? Yeah, like they spin and, yeah, and they move. And they propel whichever. stuff forward. It's like sure. the first thing you're just they. There's just a car sitting there with four of these wheels, and you have to put the ball on it and go across this magma. Whatever. I could not figure out the second half of it to save my life. There was a sliding block on the wall. There was a wheel, and there was a long board. I don't know what they wanted me to do with it. There was like platforms that were like disconnected, ascending up towards this high ramp, which is where I was supposed to take this ball because it was just like looping her back around i have no idea how i was supposed to do that i didn't figure it out so what i did was i attached the ball to that sliding platform pulled it up uh rewound it and then yanked the ball off of there and kept going i don't know what it wanted me to do i still couldn't figure it out maybe i mean it might have had something to do with what i did for the next part where it was like a similar thing there were rafts with these wheels on them they didn't move forward through the water but you had these long planks of wood and I eventually attached those to the wheels themselves while they were attached to the raft and it moved forward like paddles. My first attempt was pretty bad. I don't I'm still amazed I got the ball across and then I eventually like perfected the design. So like maybe that's what they wanted me to do. It still wasn't very clear. But I think the it in the those contexts are really good because some of the other things, most of the shrines in like the sky, because there are some, like when you launch yourself up the big towers, you can like you have a pretty big amount of like a generous amount of time to fly over to these like little archipelagos that you can see in the sky and most of those are like oh there's a beam at the other end of the beam is a crystal bring the crystal to the shrine and then you go in and you just get the reward there's no puzzle inside it's all outside um to do these quests and the vast majority of those are just kind of like all of the pieces are here just put them together and this is the solution. You're not really like you can think of other things, but they like they've basically optimized it for you cuz like the one I just did, I had to get over to the, this really far platform which I didn't realize at first was exactly where I had started, but I needed to go underneath. So I get up top by attaching a shit ton of rockets to this big ass block and just shooting myself into the horizon. <laughs> And then I get down to where the like beam of light is to the crystal and there's just like, there's a cart with wheels, there's a glider, there's two fans, batteries, and a steering thing. You literally are just, the only solution is putting them all together. You're, there's no puzzle there. You're just, you have to be able to cut through the vines with any kind of bladed weapon, get the crystal, put the crystal on the glider, 
assemble your plane and go. There's no puzzle saw. Like that is just, I don't know. I feel like a lot of things are like that. Like they'll just kind of like all of the pieces you'll need are there. Cause like, uh, of course they would be like, why would they leave you somewhere with literally nothing? You have these big ass capsule machines where you can get a lot of components, but they're pretty far in between and you do have to pay for them. Like you're not, like you use the things from the little, like the sentry guys, the new, the basically the guardian likes in this game, which like that I've found that it replenishes batteries too, which I've used maybe once or twice. But the main thing is I'm using it to pay for this, these orbs, but every puzzle comes with the pieces you already need. And sometimes it's so specific that you're not really doing anything. It's just stack the Lego. You have the Lego pieces, stack them together. Okay. Puzzle solved. Good job. That's kind of like hearing you say that gels with some of the things I've seen you play personally. Again, you've played way more of the game without outside of my presence than in it. So I haven't seen you play the majority of that Mm -hmm. play time that you put in so far, but it, it gels with like some of the things I've seen you do in that game. And kind of, I think some of our preconceived thoughts of what this game might sort of be like, because thinking back to breath of the wild, another thing about that game, that again, some people are still like, you know, super put off by it. And this game has it too, is like the weapon degradation or whatever, mm-hmm. or like eventually like you swing a sword enough times and it just fucking breaks. And I, that still doesn't bother me in that game. No, Obviously I, I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom yet, but I mean, it seems pretty much the same. Yeah. Like tune, tuning wise oh, on yeah. that front. Oh 100%. And the reason that didn't really bother me in the other game is because I think that they did a pretty good job getting the economy right. So that you weren't necessarily like, oh, I have to go back to this shrine and grind it no. to like get four more good swords or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it parceled stuff out at like a steady enough clip that you would pretty much always have something usable so, and without the, having like, to struggle for it. And the kind of like boon to that is in this game is like is the fusing mechanic. It's because mo- like the per the story, every weapon in the kingdom has been corrupted. Basically, they all suck. And so the thing is that you're doing is like you're getting all these monster parts, which were like borderline unusable in the last game. Like you made elixirs with them, whatever. There's so many more now and you can just like stick them on a sword so you can like turn this just normal like rusted sword into like, oh, it's a you had this sword, this horn from an ice lizafo. Put it on here. The sword does ice damage. Like you can do a lot more and it also buffs all their attacks. You can make any sword or like tree branch or halberd or whatever so much better with the parts you have from the fuse mechanic which i think is better a little bit than breath of the wild in that regard because like it's just there's a baseline there's there are some unique stronger powered bases but it's a lot less like oh i need i can only get this type of sword from these really hard regions or any like if i go back anywhere all the weapons or shields are crap there's a higher floor or i guess a more even floor for everything now because you have the ability to modify your equipment I mean, granted it still degradates whatever but you're getting these materials constantly and you're like i am running out of weapon space all the time there mm-hmm. are more weapons available to me than i can pick up and that's to, i think uh, to me that that part of the game that they've added in tears of the kingdom i think is a more natural through line from breath of the wild to this mm-hmm. where again where breath of the wild was a game where you fill up your pockets with dozens of random bullshit things you find in the environment giving you more vectors to use that stuff more meaningfully i think is mm-hmm. a good call like in tears of the kingdom so letting like expanding you know your vast <laughs> trench coat of yeah a hundred different like you said chunks of enemies or whatever infinite ingredients but only like five swords <laughs> <laughs> but expanding the use of that until, yeah like you said the elixirs were pretty like whatever it gives you more stamina yeah or i don't for an extended period whatever it's pretty boring attention like, to it was kind of i need to cook a lot bullshit. because they take a lot of damage uh-huh. but like actually making like your weapon at least for the time you have it or whatever because those don't fall off 
until like the weapon dies, right? Like if you make an ice sword, does it fall off over time or does it just no, break? No, it will it will break with that and you can also like if you need to switch out the part, you can you will destroy the uh ingredient you put on it, mm-hmm. but you can just get the sword like the base sword back and put something else on it. Yeah. I like, I, like infinitely until well, until it breaks. Mm-hmm. I like that. But uh, but kind of segueing into the point that I was tr- uh ultimately trying to get to mm-hmm. looking from Breath of the Wild to this game. Like I said, I think that's an a change that makes a lot of sense going from Breath of the Wild to this. A change that I think makes a little less sense relative to the way that weapons worked in Breath of the Wild and the way that and ultimately the way that people kind of reacted to that either before the game was out or like the the handful mm-hmm. of people who were still put off by it after the fact was that I feel like before that game was released the anxiety was rightfully so that it would be tedious, like that mm-hmm. you would have to go quote unquote grind stuff, like you would have to do a bunch of busy work just to be able to function moment yeah. to moment in the game. And I, like I said, in my experience playing Breath of the Wild, I didn't think that was the no. case personally. But where that this game I think does pick up some of that which you just described, and I think in a little bit of detail, like you know, five or so minutes ago, is that the those quote unquote puzzles where it's like you said, you're in a room and just here's a bunch of stuff and put it together. For my money, that kind of is that level of like tedious i don't find it super interesting <laughs> to like have set the seven parts of a car in a, in like the one space in front of you and then to like glue them all together like manually yeah. by hand i don't think that is like that does strike me as busy work in mm-hmm. in a similar way that like you know having to go as a distant example having to go do the same law sector like 14 times just to get one exotic drop or whatever <laughs> like yeah. like it's more interactive i guess than, I mean, than something like that, like in, in like a like a like you have to think about where you're putting everything to some degree, I suppose. Yeah. But it's still at the end of the day. And the other thing that that I find interesting, having watched you play a little bit, is that the level of precision. Because this is the thing that this game has to that I think may be a little to its detriment. That I don't think Breath of the Wild had as much. The level of precision you have to glue some of that stuff together with can be pretty punishing relative yeah. to how well it, how it ties into the physics engine. Because mm-hmm. again, this is just me watching you play some of it. I think Breath of the Wild was able to pick up a lot of more casual people because, because it, it was, wasn't that fiddly. Yeah, it was generally pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, like, it, in it, a like, good way. Simple, like it had like a, a, a somewhat restricted uh, suite of mechanics, and it just didn't feel that fussy. But with Tears of the Kingdom stuff, it's like it, the physics system is both impressive and like annoying. Yeah, <laughs> and the way that like when you drop a like raft or whatever to the water, like the the way it kind of like phys- figures out buoyancy and stuff is actually kind of impressive, especially for a thing that's around a mm-hmm. hardware as old as the Switch. But in practice, it's like if you imagine like a bit, the basic ass, the most basic ass bitch raft you can make, like mm-hmm. th- let's say three logs next to each other and then like one little engine at the back to p- push you forward. If you put the engine part off axis at all, you move it's going to go right. Yep. It's going to push it like rowing a boat from one side or the other. It's going to be constantly pushing you to the right or the left a little more than you mm-hmm. intend. And you had t- told me before we got on here, because I didn't even know this, that you said eventually there is an item that lets you like manually control the things you build. Yeah. There's like a little, it's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it looks basically like the standee of a Segway without the wheels. Like okay. you just go and you stand on it and then you just have control of everything that's attached to it. So like if there's a, dire- like you can move in a direction on like the cart, for example, like when I built my shitty little plane, control like the tilt and yaw. What's the pitch other and pitch and yaw, pitch, yaw of the like the plane <laughs> while you're flying it without having uh-huh. to like fuss with more little things? But I've only seen those in like maybe two instances. They've been I don't know, and I don't know if you can get them like constantly. And so you're again, this is a pretty freeform game, so it's not necessarily like the critical path is a little less critical than 
some other games necessarily, mm-hmm. but these are things that, you, that hasn't like explicitly introduced you yet. Or, or I mean, they did. were just like part of shrine puzzles, like specifically in the sky, where okay. it's just kind of like fast and loose, but still very like. But did it seem like controlled. those were things that like the game absolutely intended you to like? Yes. Specifically come like, across. You okay. would not have been able to move the crystal in the like either of the ones that I've had to use it for without having those things. It would have been literally impossible. If you had to guess which like hour of your game session, like which hour of your playtime thus far did that did you come across that stuff in? Where did it I mean, you? I don't know, it's hard to say cuz like I said they were both in okay. in curious. the sky, so like you have to if you're going to the towers mm-hmm. to fill in your map and then also going to the sky shit You'll probably find them pretty soon. Okay, I was like, wondering. That's where all of the capsule machines live are up in the sky because that's where like the civilization was. So the remnants of their technology is all up there. So if you want to find that shit, you got to go up. That is both like solves and causes other problems of like being able to have access to that more readily and earlier. Like if you can, you know, steer your little raft, you have to be a little less fiddly when you construct it. But at the same time, it makes the fact of getting on it more fiddly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a push pull. Well, there it too, does. But... Like it when you or when you're going to use that thing, there's a prompt that just says control, and you just click it, and you move into like the pilot seat. Like you're just there, and you okay. have to disengage from that to move again. You're not like trying to mm-hmm. maintain. But do you know if it does it work with stuff that has the fans on it? Does it work with like yeah. will it turn those? So basically, well, no, just, it doesn't turn those. But it, it still turns, changes your like. It turns the like craft that you're on. Okay, it, but it's they are like, propulsion. They are not direction. Yeah. You go from just being on a thing, being pushed by physics from whatever physics source it's at, to having some degree of like I push the stick left, it's going to influence it to the left. Mm-hmm. Push the stick right, it's going to influence influence it to the right. And those have been in very the two that I have found. Two, I think it's just been two have been in extremely specific parts of a larger puzzle. They weren't just like sitting around on the ground. They were vehicles to move these fucking crystals. I'm a little, well, I'm both surprised and not surprised at all. I mean, they showed this device in, like, trailers. Like, they showed Link driving a car. Well, I was going like, to say, sure. I, well, I'm, not a, not, I'm, I was going to say, not about that mechanic, necessarily, but, like, about people's reception to this game in general. As far as I can tell, at least critically, like, from, mm-hmm. like, a professional critic standpoint, one of the best-reviewed games that's come out in quite a while. Like, like I pulled up, there's a Reddit post somebody made where there's a... Uh, eight games in history in the history of video games <laughs> according to this reddit post mm-hmm. i'm not I, I didn't verify yeah. this myself that got a 10 a perfect 10 score on ign and a perfect 40 from famitsu hmm. and four of them are zelda games <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ocarina breath of the wild skyward sword <laughs> and this one and tears so of the kingdom clearly this list is bogus and then my my thought my my strong suspicion and i don't think to like as wide a degree unless later on there's some like really critical problems with the game because like i said i wouldn't th- call any of the things you described right now like dramatically flawed no more just like piddlingly annoying yeah <laughs> from moment to moment but so but so unless this game has like some of the really deep pacing problems or just like dead moments of like shitty content like skyward sword did at its worst i don't think it'll be like reevaluated to that degree but i do think some of the shines are going to come off i think five years from now people mm. are not going to think that this game is as good as people I seem mean, to think they, they well, are I feeling think, about it now i think they're just going to treat it like a minecraft like that's the reason that's the appeal is it's an Another big open world game where you don't really have to do anything, mm-hmm. but you could do it literally whatever you wanted. And, and mm-hmm. that's a fair point that depending on what you want out of a thing, mm-hmm. like obviously if you are just into crafting stuff, this game does more for you than yeah. if you just want like, you know, a linear action adventure exploration kind of deal. But yeah, the the amount of fiddliness, I, I think once the novelty has worn off, mm-hmm. I think people playing this in the future 
will be a little more put off by how, how by some of those annoyances we just described by mm-hmm. like how uh, like once it is no longer fresh and new. Yeah. I think I the... bet it'll be a little bit more of like the reverse of Majora's Mask because like that game was horribly panned right. people, for, yeah, like, people really for like that tedium, which and like it's still like that is still like not the best part of the game. It's core to the concept. I get it. Their game revolves around it. But it's kind of like this, where like the game revolves around this crafting system, and like while it's really cool now, I going back to it, like I mean, I never, I didn't restart Breath of the Wild. That mm-hmm. game is too big. I don't want to like play the whole gambit of it a second time. I'm definitely not doing that with this game. I will come back in and just play the game, but I'm never gonna start from zero again. Another thing that I think will that this game will suffer from for similar reasons, just over like mm-hmm. as time goes on, because I've seen other people say this, and I. I, th- I like again. I, had, I actually witnessed you play like the majority of the first hour or two, and I had seen other people raise this criticism online. But I think this will be. I think it's a very cogent observation that will become more true as we get more distant from this game's release and from Breath of the Wild being a more mm-hmm. contemporary product. This game does so little, <laughs> which is which is funny because this is one of the opposite problems that Skyward Sword had as well. But this game does so little to tutorialize you explicitly on just the basic functions of how it works. Mm-hmm. That like I do think it's riding on people's like collective cultural knowledge of like how Breath of the Wild functioned because it doesn't really teach you about does it even tell you that you can throw weapons until you try to do it or does it t- it doesn't teach you about like parrying and stuff or how no, it does. works really does yeah it? there was so there was you had to get down to the ground first okay but see, yeah, that, yep let me finish All right. the first shrine you find on the ground level is a combat tutorial very specific and like you have to do the shit they tell you i did run into a different shrine that was very focused around throwing weapons okay so that stuff's there that's and like breath of the wild did something similar like there were bits and pieces of that in the game but the thing is like that both of them also did because you had the great plateau and then the sky island as like the tutorial area for Mm -hmm. both of them is that they're trying to teach you the additional mechanics. Like, that's how you got the bomb. That's how you got the ice. All of the other shit from the first game. And also this one, where you get the moving, craft, fusing, all that stuff in the tutorial area. And that's what those shrines are focused on. And then you later find the combat ones. Correct me. Make sure, check my own memory. But that stuff didn't happen. No, it wouldn't. It could have been impossible to because I didn't actually see you touch ground initially. No. Like while I was watching you play. Okay. I'm just. I'm just making sure that I didn't like witness you do this and no. then just fucking forget about it. It was literally like so. Once you, <laughs> once you get all the abilities on the top and go into the Temple of Time. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. There's the Temple of Time in a Zelda game. Holy shit! You then go back down to the ground, and. There's like the start, like the main hub town, talk to a bunch of people. You get sent on your first fetch quest and literally right to your, like right outside, Mm -hmm. you see a shrine. So like, if you don't go in there, that's on you. Um, Oh, okay. There you go. Because it's like, it's basically, because like you go up to it, there's a person literally standing outside of it. Like, oh, what's this? Mm -hmm. And you go, like, you've already been taught, like, Raru taught you like, oh, there's shit in these shrines. You should go there. This is your first one outside of sure the tutorial area so it's like oh like let's go here and it's literally a combat tutorial that's good to hear at least that they did technically because they, they did like that they taught you they explicitly taught you mechanics in breath of the wild in stuff like this outside of like the main abilities that you unlocked because they could just like diegetically flash text on the screen and be like, oh, do this right. because you're in this weird surreal space. Mm-hmm. And these games do have 
somewhat similar openings in that like the initial Breath of the Wild segment is on that like little raised plateau kind yeah, of thing, the, right? Yeah, the plateau, the Great Plateau. Yeah, I and in this game, it's basically being in the sky is the equivalent of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's the first chunk of this game is in a very isolated part of the yep. map that you can't really escape until you like have done X, Y, and Z, and then the world opens up a little bit more. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm glad that that stuff is in there then. But again, I guess like if you did choose to walk away from that, it wouldn't necessarily expose you to it. But I mean, whatever. That's I'm not gonna hold that necessarily against the game because that's kind of like a big part of it is just kind of wandering around mm-hmm. and doing doing whatever the fuck, but. I don't know. It's very interesting. Like I said I, it looks cool, but not like yeah. Like I'm having not fun. Like but... Bust my nuts open, cool. No. <laughs> Which it like seems to be like people's reactions to it online in a lot of cases. Like, I mean, I think it's just because it's a new Zelda game. Yeah. Like, like I do want to play it at some point. Like watching yeah. you play it has been like I will check it out either after you finished it or maybe like in fits and starts here after we get through this big push in June, mm-hmm. like in July or or August. Maybe I'll just like start snatching it. Uh, for like a few hours at a time if you're still playing it at that yeah. point but so like i am interested in it and i do mm-hmm. think it looks neat but i like yeah, I, said, I mean I... like i i really enjoyed playing breath of the wild mm-hmm. like i had a lot of fun like i beat the game and went back and just like scoured everything however like the limits of my sanity because like i didn't get all the korok seeds or whatever because fuck that and like i'm enjoying this game because it's more of that that is the part that i'm enjoying i like walking around i like exploring shit i like seeing the monster hut they've got like the little they aren't as like perfectly skull shaped as the other ones were there are some of them that are more like that and being like oh yeah i can go fuck those guys up i got time (laughs) (laughs) and like i do i really like that this game both these two games have done that part of it very well like i am having an adventure but i guess the crafting isn't as or i guess the building is a better way to put it isn't as intrusive as I was afraid it would be, but it's definitely not more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> it's about even. <laughs> right, because that's the thing about it met Ze- my expectations. That's the thing about Zelda games, and I think like games where it's kind of like adventuring from place to place mm-hmm. to some degree in general is that the worst thing they can be is tedious. Yeah, like if it fe- if you're just like bored, if you're like checking out while you're like either traversing from A to B or like doing some other minute, some other task that will eventually allow you to traverse from A to B. Like, those are the points where those games have fallen down. And like I said, Skyward Sword, I actually still would probably classify myself as probably liking that game more than the average person. Like, Mm -hmm. considering, because like you said, that game is has not aged well. No, it didn't age (laughs) well. And even more disappointingly that Nintendo fucking put out that HD remaster and couldn't be bothered to change anything materially about it. Like, that, that broke my heart. Because I would have probably bought that game if they had structurally changed some things, like reined in the tutorial at the beginning and like done like a director's cut that cut out some of those other encounters in the middle, like chopping at that fucking what is it even called? The like Ganondorf blob monster or whatever. Oh, it doesn't fucking matter. I want to remember what its <laughs> stupid name is because it's um, something really like just boring. But because that game that that's the big problem with that game is like for the things that are neat in it, it has a lot of tedium built into it, and there's literally no way around it other than like if you chose to like emulate the Wii version on PC or something, I guess you could just like use save states (laughs) to bypass the parts of that game that are deeply boring. That motherfucker, fuck that guy. Whereas, like I said, I do think that by the time I get around to Tears of the Kingdom, I'll have a much smaller feeling of that that is way more distributed from time to time where again where like i said i don't think breath of the wild did necessarily but the way that they've implemented this crafting system of building vehicles and like stuff together like i think they have kind of backed their way into having that that sense of like just kind of tedium 
just kind of always have to pop up from time to time in little fits and starts. And again, that's going to be to some degree a personal preference for if you like crafting games more than I do. If if you get a lot, if you do like you described, if you ultimately end up treating this game more like Minecraft in the future, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. looting it up and wandering around and gluing stuff together, just that's to why see what I you think can like build. I that's kind of why I want to get through like the critical path of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I I want the story. I'm here. Yeah. I'm literally coming to this game for the story. I liked it in the first one. I'm intrigued about what's going on here. I want to get it done. So then I can just kind of fuck around. I want all the tools at my disposal so I can have like a weird silly time. But like I'm not I don't want to do that like right all the time. I yeah. don't want to just ugh. And for for my money like I said now speaking to kind of like what I my personal reaction to things games like this usually is or what like my expectations of how I feel about it is anytime that I encounter a thing similar to like some of the things I've seen you do were like put four wheels on a thing and push it down a hill and just like the nature of that mm-hmm. geometry or whatever is just going to like send you careening off into some stupid corner and you have to do like pick the thing up and reset it four times. Or if you put, you know, you get your raft together and you put the fan, you know, like a few inches too far to the left or right, you end up just like, you know, slowly doing an arcing donut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a ra- like instead of crossing a body of water, you need to get yeah. across. For my personal taste, that shit is not fun. No. Like it is just, it's more annoying than I wish it were. <laughs> I will say, the one like actually kind of fun physics moment I had was back in that shrine with the wheels because my first raft was fucked up. I was I basically I tried to use the planks as paddles like you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. but I put them both <laughs> just straight up to begin with. So it was like the wheel is like there and it's it's like an exclamation point basically. And it got so mad. It was flailing like crazy. It looked so funny. And I did succeed. I did get the ball over there. But then I found, because there's always a treasure chest in every single shrine. That's Mm -hmm. another thing. Like, it'll show you if you got them on the map. So you can, like, if you don't find it the first time around, you can always see, like, on the, like, you mouse over it or whatever. It's either you didn't have the chest, you can go back and look for it. So I found it. It was, like, underwater back on the other side of the room. So... I tried to get in my raft. I I tried to ride it because there was actually like a a crosswalk that you could, there's a ladder up to it. So you couldn't like move the ball that way because it's just not possible to put it up there. So I had crossed over on that walkway the first time and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just ride the raft back. That didn't work. It nearly killed me. (laughs) But after I got the chest out by literally like attaching it to a plank and then pulling the plank and it out of the water... I retooled my raft and then it worked like having it actually work and like it paddling through the water like you'd need it to was pretty cool. But again, that was in a very discreet, like a very controlled box of a situation. And I am not going to have all these tools at my disposal all the time. Mm -hmm. And like if you could just like basically because you have these capsules, I wish you could just like pokeball things and like actually pick them up that way. Maybe you get an empty capsule ability later. I've still got a place on my ability wheel that is empty something okay because of course i had to have the map on there i had to have (laughs) the camera i had to have the amiibo functionality it's fine sure and again this is i get much more joy out of riding my horse through the countryside than i would building any kind of mech or car that would carry me the same way yeah and like i said that's for me is like i think the part because it interrupts every part of the game it interrupts your forward momentum it does interrupt the vibes a little bit Mm -hmm. where like instead of as just kind of like being outdoors, you know, in this simulated environment, you're being outdoors in this simulated environment, like, you know, wrenching on shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which again, depending on on how you feel about it, you might totally vibe with. Oh, a thing I was going to ask you that's totally separate from all of this, but I want to wind all the way back mm-hmm. around to it just because I'm curious. So 
talking about the weapons and stuff, mm-hmm. like how that stuff has changed. I just wanted a mo- little more clarification on how that stuff works in practice. Because uh, in the in Breath of the Wild, could did they could you see how much stamina no. a sword had? Can you see it in this game? No. Because that the sucks only, to me a little the bit. The only thing you get is when it's close to breaking, it will say it's badly damaged every time you like yeah. switch to it, and it will be flashing red mm-hmm. like in your inventory. Which I think was fine in Breath of the Wild because there was nothing else you could do with weapons other than use them up. But in this game, like, does like bolting a, something to a sword increase its stamina? Or are you I don't just, believe like, so. I've okay. only I've only attached something to something that was already damaged like once, and it just was like, oh, it was like your rusty broadsword is damaged. Attached like a horn to it. Your rusty horn sword is damaged. Like it just okay. changed the name of what was what was broken. Yeah. So, like I on the one hand I get. Again, I get why they don't want to put those meters on stuff. Just like they don't want the psychology, the psychological weight on the player to see mm-hmm. everything like linearly breaking down in real time. But on the other hand, they now could... that you can spend resources on weapons, I kind of wish I, that stuff would be. I in mean, there. in theory, you could take the busted up weapon and just attach it to the end of another weapon <laughs> as using the other weapon as the base. Because like I've had a few. I've had a. I've picked it from enemies. A sword with a spear on the end. So you're doing this <laughs> wide ass arc, or a spear with a sword, or another spear on the end, and you can do big poke. Like I'm assuming they become ingredients at that point. So it's like there's no degradation there, but it's it's stupid. <laughs> uh, but again, at least uh, on that front, that stuff st- does stick together until the thing breaks, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, or you pull them apart yourself. So you can unstick things well, with the weapons. Well, you can destroy the attached material. Okay, so you can so you, you can rip off the the attaching thing and and attach yeah, the you, thing. Yeah, you you keep the whatever base. the base is yeah, lives the, on. The base okay. stays. Whatever you put on it goes away. Okay. Um, I will say another thing that I feel like shields are even more useless in this game. <laughs> Just because there are so many two-handed weapons. They are literally mm. everywhere, and you don't get your shield with that. You have to, you can't even, like, pull it out and put the thing away. Sure. Like, you have to fully put your weapon away, which is a different button, and then press LZ mm. to get it out. Like As far as I can see, the like, Guardian things or whatever don't exist in this game yet. Nope. So you, you, I you think- don't get the cool, like gonna bounce your laser into your eyeball moment <laughs> nope i mean you can still parry shit sure but i mean um, that was the coolest parry you could do it was the coolest parry <laughs> i think they've been fully like i don't want to say cannibalized but like repurposed because uh-huh. like in the i believe all of the sky towers were built after breath of the wild sure because they were initially like clearly she old chic attack from before and now they are these new things and when you get to the one for the first time and you're actually making your map, you get like literally yeeted up into the air and there are like guardian arms that come up and will attach you the wire that connects <laughs> your cable and then plug the USB into your little iPad. And that's the, that's the most guardian tech that I've seen aside sure. from like the general aesthetic of like how those devices work mm-hmm. on and the again, inside. It doesn't really matter that they're not in there. I just use that as another data point to like, oh, that's one more way shields are less useful. <laughs> yeah. Than they I mean used like to be. they block arrows. You could parry an arrow if you wanted to, but like, ugh. I haven't seen any Lionels this time. But I have seen, which I, I wish I could remember its name. It's another like Zelda one or Zelda two enemy. It's this three headed fucking flying dragon <laughs> that I saw one of while I was in like a snow area and I avoided him like the plague. Because I was not equipped to go fight him, but he was there. 
speaking of arrows, I did want that was my, me and my other question about how mm-hmm. the weapons and that gear works. So when you have your bow out, yeah, how does how does like crafting the arrows work? Do you is it like one button press per arrow? Yes. See that? So I, so here okay. here's how it goes. Well, let me have let me, it. Let me give you the the the. Defend it before I shit no, on I'm it. Not, I'm not defending anything. Okay. I'm just telling you how it works. I'm giving uh, you the lowdown. Yeah. So it's, I think it's it's ZR to pull out your bow. Okay. That changes like right, your HUD. from memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, otherwise, it replaces the like melee weapon button on you're, your you're HUD. You're ADSing at that point. No. Oh, okay. That no. is literally just pulling your bow out. So that's like equipping a bow instead of equipping a sword. Yes. Okay. Because then, like I said, you can swap your weapons on the fly, mm-hmm. but you have to have that menu out you have to pull your bow out to be able to change bows otherwise you're going into the menu to do that like the main pause menu mm-hmm. then you hold down lz to a or lr zr blah, the button to you ADS. Tap, yeah you hold the it. same button you you could just hold it off the bat and draw it immediately mm-hmm. or you can just like swap to it if you wanted to do any fiddling yep and then go into it so once you're ads then you press the top on the directional pad or the I don't know if it's a pad anymore. The three little arrow buttons, basically the C buttons from the N64 controller. So I'm holding a trigger and then pushing the D-pad. Yeah, up on the D-pad will okay. bring up the infinite scrolling single file menu of all of your materials. Let me tell you why that's bad. And then you have to use the right stick to shift through this to the material that you want. You cannot favorite materials. You can make them higher in a queue and sort by most used which I generally do or there's like two other sorting methods that don't matter then once you find the one you want you have to stop on it and that selects it and then it's attached to your arrow one arrow fuck that the next time you want to use it you want to attach something else to it just press that button again. It'll already be on the thing you just had, so it is very easy to like go through. <laughs> okay, but I'm no, I'm I'm literally telling you. No, no, you no. Want... that's fine. I'm just saying they fucked up. Yes, like I like watching you do that. I was pretty sure that's how it worked, but I wanted like confirmation that that's how it worked. That is dog shit. Like it's not they, good. They they should have done better. I don't know if you like because like I said, it has the last thing you attached selected i don't know if you can just press that top button to like literally like instantly bring up the menu bring it down and the thing's already on your arrow yeah. i haven't tried it they should have <laughs> as we do segueing to destiny a tiny tiny bit the the destiny update that launched today as we're recording mm-hmm. this that we haven't played yet but nope. like there's a small tweak in there that makes the non like the hip fire reticle on the game yeah like it can show more visual information about the state of your uh-huh. weapon at any given time they should have expanded. That's how they should have changed this bow system. They should have expanded the bow because it still shows you like your arrow count, right? Yes. Um, like the reticle when you're shooting arrows, but nothing else. Yes. Okay. They should have showed you. They should have broken that out and showed you. For uh, here is how I would change the bow system, and this seems so straightforward to me, at least in terms of like less button presses. I mm-hmm. guess it's more info on screen. So if they're really concerned about that, that's something entire different entirely. But so all right, here's another question for me: Is like. Are the arrows are all, as far as you can tell for the ones you've used? Are all the arrows visually different within game after you draw them? Like, can you can you tell while pulling the arrow back? This is a fire arrow just by looking at your screen, or this is an ice. I mean, arrow they've got like a, an effect on them. I don't know if they like. I I'd have to like look okay. at it again. That's fine. There is like when you have something attached, it looks visually different. Like the fire arrow does have the, some fire that's, effect that's on it. That's my question. It. There's like ice. Yes. Dazzle, like there's there's something like, on the end. The arrow itself, you can visually tell that's not a regular arrow, Correct. and you can tell one from another. Yes. Okay. 
So with all, with all that in mind, I would have just put like I would have given the arrows memory. So the so every time like at, at at any time during your gameplay, if you've assigned an arrow, like if you've chosen bomb arrows or whatever the fuck, like I'm assuming that's a thing you can do. If you've chosen fire arrows, we I have seen those. <laughs> I would have that be the type of arrow you're using permanently until you push another button. And I would have the the HUD that shows the arrow count. I would have like one little number that shows the number of arrows you have, and a different number below it that shows the number of the other thing that you have. And so every time you're gonna draw an arrow, it's gonna shoot those. If you tap the like, similar to how you're saying like tap to put the bow on period, if you tap the button that lets you that pulls up that UI, uh, I would have that just like a single like light press toggle between having a special arrow and just a normal arrow, and I would have a hold like a long press, bring up the menu that let, to let you actually choose a different type of arrow to have. Like, that's how I would change that system. So if you want multiple fire arrows in a row, like if you want to shoot three at once, you just shoot them. <laughs> and then when you're done with that, you tap, tap the button once to turn off fire arrows, or you hold the button longer to bring up the menu that switches between them. Like, that is psychotic to me, that, that the solution they landed on was every single time you fire an arrow, you have to open up the UI to pick a thing manually to craft to it. Like, that sounds so fucking dumb. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know if you can just like tap that button and have it like work because I just haven't done it. Okay. So so you're the saying there's thing, a slight chance that that exists. The other thing that is nice about having the menu come up is that it does pause everything. It lets you like I mean, that's like technically better than not doing that, but <laughs> I'm no, still like, not happy about it. The fact it. that like I when I'm putting on arrows, I'm either like sneaking, mm -hmm. so I don't want like anything else like I, I would like a pause just to like think for like a second or it's in the middle of very hectic combat and I need like a moment to fucking breathe. I mean, that's fine. But like considering how arrows have felt in Zelda games throughout throughout time immemorial, the fact that it takes like it sounds like it takes roughly three button presses per arrow to like shoot a different type of arrow. Like I, I mean, would... like I said, it, it depends on if you're changing types constantly. Yeah. We'll have to check. If we'll... it's literally just one, you can just like if you just pull it right back up, it come. It's it's immediate. It's very quick. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll watch you play a little more, and and for my like, I'll maybe I'll try to between this show and the next time we record a podcast, maybe I'll try to boot that game up and play enough to where I can fiddle around with a little bit. Like, because in the grand scheme of things, this is a pretty small part of the game, mm -hmm. all things considered. But the state that it's in, like I said, it, the first time I saw you do that, I was like. I would call I would call that unshippable <laughs> from a usability standpoint of how annoying this looks. I mean, this is there's been more fiddly terrible menus in the Zelda franchise. And, and there's other stuff. I do in... think they could have done a pass on the menus because they were used full like basically full. Yeah, cloth right. It's pretty much the, the same. It's it it's a mess. Way. It's such a mess. Like looking at that mm -hmm. ingredient screen to find anything. And I like, will say I don't love the um the. Because the detaching stuff, once you've attached it, is like a stick wiggle. It's oh no, Mike and I've had this conversation yeah. before. It's bad. Yeah, that like that also look like it looks like it just straight sucks. And again, it does. like I get to some degree what they were going for of like I guess it's technically like approachable, but it's just yeah. so undeterministic that like especially for a platform that has controllers that are known to have shitty <laughs> like degrading joysticks. I mean, they they've always been about really stupid, fiddly tactile sensations in Zelda. So like this, it didn't surprise me that yeah. that was a thing. But it does feel bad. Like that's a point where I would have wanted another button press to either like like grab thing, push button to detach, or grab thing, push button to attach. As opposed mm -hmm. to like it does both dynamically, right? Where like as soon as you kind of like snuggle up an object to another object, it kind of just like tries to figure out where the attach point is for you. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it like shows you like it, and, and there's like a trail of like goop between mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and-, and that's another thing where like again, this is probably a much more complicated problem. So I'll give them some slack here, but for my my money, I still would have liked to see them try to like make the goo that goes between stuff a little more dynamic. The way it exists in the game, like it looks like it's a relatively like it looks like it it for the most part tries to put apply the minimal amount of glue it can to glue two things together. Like if you're gluing a log to a log, it it depends. I think it's just like being stupid finicky yeah, at some point. Having you use, watched you use it vi- still relatively like a few yeah. amount of times. Like it looks like it basically just like finds the two closest points that those objects have together like before you release the input and then, you know, applies like slightly more adhesive than that, quote unquote. Like it's just mm-hmm. like some, you know, it's a visual liquidy looking yeah. geometry to stitch them together. Whereas like, and again, this is what would be much more complicated. Like there'd just be a lot going on, but I like, I almost wish it took like a more holistic, like, all right, if these two things are within like some arbitrary, like one foot to six inches from each other, we're just going to find like (laughs) all of the space between them. That is that much. And just fill all of it in with a (laughs) goop. It does that sometimes. It's just, it's weird. Cause like, I will give the, give that system this, like there are times where like, the, I mean, the ground is stupid uneven most times. Like when if you're not in a shrine and you're attaching shit, like you're not in a sterile environment. It's the ground is it's ground. It's the outdoors, mm-hmm. and it does eight times out of ten. If you're like kind of matched up, and it's just like a like a, a more minute angle that you can't actually like physically reach, it will kind of like course correct and like make a flat solid platform. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot going on to attach these things together like in engine like mm-hmm. it's and to clarify, it's very impressive in a lot of ways yeah like i said in some ways it really really is like kind of mind-blowing how dynamic it is mm-hmm. but in other ways it's just like slightly disappointing uh to to clarify because again i'm actually technically inferring how this works so what you you hold up a thing to attach it right yeah you're wiggling an object around is the input like hold a button to hold that thing use the stick both the sticks to manipulate it and then once you let go of the button you're holding it it becomes glued if there is a thing to glue it to. No, because you just have to you activate the power like so. That's that yeah. is L. Mm-hmm. L is what activates all your powers. A hold will bring up the wheel, which I do accidentally <laughs> okay. all the fucking time. So you touch it. So yeah, you you tap L if you've got the like red one on, uh-huh. and you have to you're you're aiming it. The thing's close enough. It will change color from like the generic orange to green. I don't think there's colorblind settings, so apologies if none of these colors work for you. There's a distinct change in the color of it. You pick it up. You've got a beam coming from your hand to it. You're not holding any buttons at this point. You're locked in. You're just locked in. Gotcha. You're then, you can still move. Yep. The right stick will move it, like, up and down mostly. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this, like, I don't know what they're called. I think they're just the C buttons. Like a little it's similar to that. Yeah, um, to, like, we'll roll move, it. No. So that will move them forward and back yeah. in but you space. Can, yeah, you can move it in all axes. Then you have to hold R to rotate. Okay. That then changes um, the right stick. No, I think it's it, I think it's those C buttons again. So mm. instead of moving forward or back, it is now spinning on the Y and X axis. Okay, can be at the same time. Orientation matters a lot. That is very frustrating to deal with. But again, I don't know how else you could do it because you're moving. You're not like a fixed camera. It's it's a thing. Whatever. Letting go of R removes the radic- like the rotator guy, so you're just back in that freeform move. Mm-hmm. You then holding no buttons, no buttons. Yeah, you're just in this state. You can move 
over to an object, the closer you get to an object that is also in that initial state from like the one you picked up, because right. you can see everything still. Anything that can be interacted with in this mode, you can see at all times while you're in this mode. Um, it will then, once you're close enough, there will be like a string of glue. Just be like, hey, yeah. do you want to attach this? And it's just an A button press. The second you press A, you get out of that mode. They are attached. And if you want to keep manipulating it, you have to go back into it. Mm -hmm. And so, and to detach a thing, you highlight it, push L, and then you wiggle the stick around a no, bunch? No, you, you press L hi like, to highlight it. Uh -huh. Pick it up. Whichever thing, because you can pick up either one. There's no base. Right. It's there are individual you're pieces. You're targeting one piece of geometry of and all the geometry you've stitched together. When you, any one piece, it detaches everything from it. It's not just pulling it off of one thing. Sure. So you want, if you want to get one, only one part of a bigger contraption, you need that one part and you need to shake it off. You will be moving the entire thing yeah. at the same time because you can grab any part of like a that, whole geometry yeah. and move it as blows, a unit. Like having you describe the other way that it works, again, it seems like such a fucking fall down, like, five head moment <laughs> like uh like knowing that it is like manipulate a thing in a position without holding any other buttons and then pushing one button to attach it having them not do that to detach a thing is so like agonizingly obvious to me that like i'm fucking flabbergasted that the thing they went with is like you just jiggle the stick until it decides that it's like been jiggled enough to like and shake itself thing, free so while you're doing that a lot of the times, like, you have picked up this whole geometry yeah. off of the ground. If that is not a solid surface, the rest of your shit can just, like, fall away. Because yeah. it will fall like, with physics. And you're you're detaching everything. I have rolled so my eyes. So it will just, like, <laughs> fall in pieces. If you're uh, not on a flat enough ground, it will fall down the mountain that you're on. It will fall off like, the edge of the sky the platform. what were they thinking? They weren't. Uh, like, I have no words for how dumb that pool. is. Um, End of again, paragraph. Uh, like, if I were to mount a defense for that, I, in, if the other controls were different... I could absolutely understand that they were like, we don't want people to like have to claw like four mm -hmm. inputs on the controller at once. Like, no, even you're, pushing, not, you're not pressing even a single pushing, button. Right, three buttons at the same time. Like, maybe that's a little much to have like a button pushed to mm -hmm. activate or deactivate this thing. But knowing that your controller state is in zero inputs held, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that they that their solution for taking things apart was not push one input. It was like. <laughs> Shake a thing around like that is so no, fucking no, stupid. No, do not shake the baby. Uh, which I'm guessing at that point the argument is like, but it it's intuitive and or fun to like jiggle stuff. And I would waggle, say, waggle, waggle, I waggle. fucking hate fun. <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. <laughs> Give me cold, meticulous <laughs> binary actions to to process my inputs. Uh, no, I hate that. That is the hard disagree. <laughs> I guess good. I guess my UI and Nintendo's UI philosophies are just a little different at this point. But like between that and the arrows, so I'll have to play it myself to like I guess finish rendering this opinion. But my absolute <laughs> gut reaction is that like they just fucked up the UI in ways that they didn't need to fuck it up. That it could just be better. But anyway, I think that's about all I have to say on Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom, having not played it. Do you have any other final thoughts for this moment? Because again, we'll talk about it some more. Because it. Sounds like it's a pretty long game. So mm -hmm. if you do end up finishing it, I suspect it'll take a couple of podcasts yeah. before you're done with it. Because I, the state I'm in right now is I have done a temple. I did the Rito Village first. I went over there. It was like I would say of the same length and caliber as the Breath of the Wild ones. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't mind blowing. It was a 
again, much like the shrines, a pretty discreet little puzzle box, Mm -hmm. which I liked. Like, I had fun. I enjoyed going in there. And I would say that the boss, that one boss that I have fought was infinitely more interesting than any of the, like, Ganon Blights that you had to fight the first time because they were just, like, the same boss every single time. It was a mechanic that they had shown you going up to this place. It was just cool. I I mean, you saw the boss fight. You didn't really see the rest of the dungeon. But I I enjoyed it. I had a good time, which is kind of why I've been like, yeah, I want, like, keep getting fucking soundtrack. But I want to get on. I want to see the rest of these dungeons because they are, like, it's like Shrine Plus. It's just, it's more, but also, like, in a much more unique way than any of the shrines are because it's, like, it's basically like a test after all the homework you've been doing. Like, as I got closer to the temple and, like, the, even the village itself, like, they're teaching you so many individual little discreet little things on your way up there. And even towards, like, the temple, I hit, like, two different shrines, like, on the way. Which is nice because you can just, without any, like, I think you need to do a handful of them in the tutorial area to get the ability to tra- teleport to shrines, which, thank God. Because, like, there's no... There's no kill floor in the sky now. <laughs> the kill floor is the ground. Right. Eventually so, and you'll fall. This one particularly, with the Ritos, you're going up. So there were a few times where I had to like reset myself. Either I did I did suicide a few times because like I didn't want to teleport back to the shrine and walk all the way again. But the fact that you've got that like reset and that you can just like, if you like, apparently Mike got there without having any, like he literally could not have completed the temple without going to Rito Village first and, like, getting on the quest part because, like, you get uh, different abilities, like, you get help, um, that you can't, you literally cannot finish the dungeon without going there. But he got there without going there. So, like, he wouldn't have been able to, but he can go back immediately. Like, if he goes to Rito Village mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I want to actually do this, like, because I did tell him, I'm like, I was like, oh, I'm surprised you got there without the guy because, like, you right. can. It's just really hard. It's like, oh, you like if you want to do that, I, I was like, oh, just just go back and do the quest. Like, go back to the village and like talk to people there. He's like, oh, okay, I'll do that. It's so, like the second he does that, he could probably just teleport right up there and get right into it. Like, there's nothing. You might even be able to teleport to the dungeon. Honestly, there was like a little. You the first thing you do when you get there is like you touch the thing and it's like, oh, like there's a teleport pad. Like those are very. It's a very discreet discreet language that they use. Like, oh yeah, you can come right back here. Well, that is Zelda for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for mm-hmm. now. <laughs> More incoming as you kind of. It's also like... an isekai. <laughs> no, I will not elaborate, but as I'm you, right. As you continue to peel the layers back of the onion that is that game. <laughs> gotcha. I do have some onions. There you go. I have them in the game. What's your favorite recipe that you've made food food wise? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's. An, I am constantly like, I'm getting a lot. So there's this guy. I think he has to do with the. Um, the construction guy from the last game who like built you your house, which I think you can do again, which I think is funny. Or maybe it'll be there because I have a Breath of the Wild save. A summer home, um, vacation property, more or less. <laughs> um, and there's this guy all over the the kingdom. He's been tasked with putting up these signs, and it doesn't have the second support. So if you tell him to let it go, it'll fall. And he's like, I can't let the president fall. Um, so you have to like build the structure to brace it. And there's always tools right next to you. So it's just like, oh, literally build the same thing every single time, more or less. Some of them are a little different. Some of them are heavier. Some of them, like, tip weird ways. Um, But he gives you food, like, cooked meals after that. And he's been, him and, between that and the money that he gives me, (laughs) he's been bankrolling me pretty hard. Um, 
I guess I don't hunt as much as I probably should because I just burn through food and I rarely have ingredients on me. <laughs> Try to buy them from people in stores, but I forget most of the time. But I mean, it's it's whatever. It's the same system. Like, mm-hmm. literally nothing's different. Making some risotto. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think I have wheat. I still, maybe this is the, maybe I'll finally do it. When Breath of the Wild came out, I was like, I'm going to learn how to make risotto. And I never did. Mm-hmm. There <laughs> maybe, you go. Maybe this game will inspire <laughs> me to expand my cooking rep- repertoire. Sure. Make some fun new real world recipes. They never released a cookbook, did they? Like Destiny's there, got a cookbook, but there was Nintendo not an never, official one. Nintendo think, never released an official Breath of the Wild cookbook. Correctly, I think it was like one or two like games done quicks after that. There was like a, a right. really nice so, a fan, fan made, yeah. one that was up on I think it might have been on Fan Gamers. Leave, leaving money on the table, Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's better anyway. I'm glad. <laughs> go go buy a go mm-hmm. buy a Breath of the Wild cookbook because Nintendo won't get that money. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> get them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, that's neat. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to see how that game shapes up as you complete it. Like I said, eventually I'm sure I'll play it someday, but I I certainly will not finish it before you finish it. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a chance that I won't even start it before you're done with it, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to hear yeah. more about it in the I future. I think my goal, like it was with um, Breath of the Wild, I want to go to all the shrines and I want to beat the game. Those are the only objectives that I have. Sounds good. Maybe most of potentially not all of the quests i don't know mm-hmm. um i did enjoy like collecting all of the like the different armor sets because they are pretty funny a lot of them are making returns from the first game um <laughs> you can tell when there's a new armor set because uh the arms aren't on so you can see link's fucked up arm <laughs> but uh all the old ones still have their sleeves <laughs> right on well, hide next- your nasty arm <laughs> the next time we podcast we'll uh Probably have more to talk, talk about, about more Zelda and probably GX Destiny. will be fast approaching. Yeah, might talk about might talk about a little bit of Destiny. Deep. Deeper in the summer, uh, I suspect we will be streaming indie games again. Yeah, a little bit. so that'll happen on twitch.tv slash Cubicorn Games. Mm-hmm. If you've got an indie game you'd like us to check out in the future, you can send it to us anytime. Well, I'd yeah. love to have a queue of stuff to check out mm-hmm. in, a, in a month or two once we're like through our big push right now. But if you've got an indie game, if you see something that looks neat that you'd like us to get take a look at, email us. At podcast at cubicorngames.com. Yep. You can find us on social media at Twitter, Amazon. Amazon? <laughs> Not Amazon. <laughs> I have no words. Uh, I mean, like, I'm on Amazon, but as an uh, independent person. No. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on social media at Twitter, Mastodon. There you go. That's the one. Hey. Co-host. The people making games, Mastodon, more more specifically, and co-host at Cubicorn Games. Archives of our streams and little trailers for our games and stuff are on YouTube at Cubicorn Games. I think that's pretty much all the things. Oh, you can find our games. That's the one, the one yeah. I forgot last time. I think you can find our games by searching Cubicorn Games on, on Steam. Steam. In fact, I think Steam recently. I keep getting emails about little things they're changing in the shop. They made it a little easier. I guess it was already pretty easy, but I think it's even more easy easy to find games by creator so, okay uh, yeah i remember that being yeah. kind of search, like search hard... cooper games on steam you can find any of the games we have made or will mm-hmm. make in the future Woo. and with all that said we will call it a show uh thank yeah. you lorraine so much for talking about zelda so long with me Woo. thank you anyone out there for listening yeah. stay safe and we'll be back in a couple weeks with more podcasts bye